Welcome to this episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd. Today we are going to be talking about Halloween. And of course, Halloween is every American's favorite holiday. I don't care where you come from, we all love Halloween. I especially love Halloween because it just so happens to be my birthday. And of course, growing up, it's one of the best birthdays you can have as a kid because everybody's dressing up in costumes, everybody's having parties, you go to carnivals, you get a bunch of candy, tons of fun when you're a kid, and then all of a sudden you become an adult and you realize, well, Halloween kind of tends to be all about the kids, and then everybody forgets that it's your birthday. Now, Shepard, how old are you this year? I will be... 42 this year. 42. 42. Wow. Are you expecting any great birthday gifts? No. Uh, I my, my gift this year would be for my family to remember that it is actually my birthday and not be so focused on the fact of trying to go out and figure out whether or not they can trick-or-treat in this COVID mess that we're in right now. Because, you know, you, you always, you take the kids out, right, and they're trick-or-treating. And my rule has always been, if the porch light's on, yeah. you go up and you ring the doorbell. If the porch light's off, you skip the house and you go to the next house. I'm thinking my kids are going to dress up in their Halloween costumes and there's going to be a lot of porch lights that are going to be off and they're going to be disappointed. Yeah, now um, here in North Texas, especially here, uh, North Tarrant County where we are, on the Nextdoor app, they have a treat map and it's actually got a map of people who have registered who are actually giving out candy, who have interactive experiences decorations so now nice even if you go in your car because if you're walking normally uh, you know on a normal year you can just walk down like six streets and you know it right. might take you an hour and that'd be great but now with not so many people taking part you know you might have to walk 20 miles to get the same experience so i think this type of treat map thing is great because you I can do. go in your car rather than walk in and drive to a neighborhood maybe a quarter of a mile away where there's like three successive streets where maybe four or five houses might be participating in it. Right. And so I think that's very, uh, I think that's a very good thing because it enables people who want to still have the same Halloween experience to still have it without having to kind of basically walk a marathon and get home at like 2.40 a.m. Yeah, and of course you also have like the trunk or treat events. Yeah. You know, you, yeah, you got the churches especially. Yeah, yeah, churches and in uh, other organizations where they bring the cars in. Everybody, you know, backs into the spot. Yeah. They open the trunk. They open the back gate of the SUV. Kind of decorate the cars up, make an event out of it. I don't have a problem with that either. I I just hope that in this you know COVID atmosphere that we're in that kids can still enjoy Halloween because even yeah. though it is my birthday uh, I still dismiss that because I remember being a kid and, and Halloween was important to me beyond my birthday it was just important to go knock on the door ring the doorbell trick-or-treat dress up in a costume all that good stuff so I, I hope as we go through this mess that we're in that 
kids don't lose that this year. I, I, I really hope we can figure out a way to get past that. Yeah. Now in Texas and, you know, I guess in the South, it's probably better that if you're going to have your birthday on a prominent day of the year, Halloween is probably a good day. Cause if you do sure. it on Christmas or you do it on like, especially if, well, I mean, obviously Easter changes every year. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, so uh, two of my kids have birthdays very close to national holidays, actually three. If we want to get technical, why so, did you do that? Well, it, so my youngest, his birthday is one day after Valentine's day. Right. And uh, my wife went through some trouble with that pregnancy and they actually wanted to get him out on Valentine's day. And I protested that I said, no, I'm not going to have a kid that has a birthday on a recognized holiday or some special day. One of my boys, my oldest boy, he has a birthday two days after Christmas. My daughter has a birthday right around July 4th. So that they all somehow carried on and, and are kind of suffering through that right. birthday right around a holiday. And I know that sucks for a lot of people because they kind of want their birthday to, you know, stand alone. You know, that's their day. So. Yeah. You know, my my youngest son, right there after uh, Valentine's Day, it's probably going to eventually suck for him. Yeah. I mean, he's seven now, so he doesn't really care. So not a big deal. Although he could look at it as the day after Valentine's Day, there's going to be all that Valentine's Day candy on sale. So if he wants to eat up the candy, good for him. You know, it's all going to be 50, 75% off. My daughter, being right around July 4th, it's after July 4th, but she can look at the fact that, you know, if July 4th falls kind of close to a weekend, she's always going to be able to celebrate her birthday with some firework shows that go on. I always told my oldest boy that he actually got the better one of this because his birthday is after Christmas, and then you have all the after Christmas sales. So I've always told him... Hey, look, for your birthday and for Christmas, just ask for gift cards because then you can run out to all the after Christmas sales and get you a lot of cool stuff rather than trying to collect the gifts. And that's actually what he's done. And so it's worked out good for him. Yeah. I share a birthday with Bruce Springsteen and my dog, Mia the Vichler. So there's not really any distraction on my birthday. Well, we decided we actually passed a a law in Congress to make sure that wasn't an official holiday. Well, I've tried. Sorry about that. But anyway, so um, yeah, the topic today is obviously halloween i always get pretty excited about halloween it is one of my favorite holidays not because it's your birthday because until let's be honest it's because it's my birthday but you can lie to the well, audience well no you, you, you to. told me you told me five years ago it was your birthday on halloween and then i forgot for like the last four years it's only because we're doing this podcast that i actually know it's your birthday on halloween because guys true. being guys we don't buy each other stuff for birthdays or right you know um, yep. but, any, but anyway, um, yeah, no, I love Halloween. I love this time of year because, you know, especially living in Texas, I love that the weather starts changing around this time of the year. It starts getting cooler. 
We get our two weeks of fall. Yeah. And as we discussed in one of our recent podcasts, you know, you don't have to change your underwear quite so often. So you're not sweating in 108 degree weather every day. So I kind of like, you know, the beginning of the fall, which, you know, officially is on my birthday. I think September 23rd is the official beginning of fall. But Halloween, I think, really kind of marks what most people begin, sorry, believe is kind of the beginning of, you know, fall you know, with all the colors, you know, the pumpkins out, everything else. So, I mean, I, I love this time of year. You know, it gets into the temperatures where I feel comfortable. Sure. You know, wherever I throw on, you know, a long sleeve t-shirt and actually wear some pants for one time in nine months of the year. I actually feel, you know, pretty good with it. But, you know, going to the origins of Halloween, it's pretty cloudy in some respects because it actually originated... Um, according to some people, back in Roman times. But, uh, you know, the, what we tend to celebrate in terms of Halloween and the traditions really goes back to Celtic origins. Oh, makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, the ancient Celtic festival of... Um, uh, it's spelled like Samhain, Samhain. I think if you pronounce Sam, it wrong... Samhain. Samhain. S-A-M-H... A-I-N-S. Now, we need to be careful because I think if you pronounce it wrong, you summon a demon or the devil Ooh, or something. So, you know, Hang on. Let me look yeah. around the room. Yeah, yeah the, the, okay, the, yeah, the lights are flickering. Yeah. Okay, right. okay. Yeah. We're still safe. Uh, yeah. So anyway, to make sure. Yeah. So uh, during that festival, people would actually light bonfires and wear costumes to ward off the ghosts. Really? Okay. Yeah. And you have to think, well, who first came up with that idea? Let's be honest. I mean... You know, it wasn't like that there was a conglomeration of people on the internet who came to this agreed principle. Al Gore. Al, Al Gore. Gore. Al Gore was the first one to, yeah, to say Halloween. To invent Halloween, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and he was lighting the fire so that people weren't like... That makes know, total sense. Drilling for I, oil I, or something, I, believe I don't that. know. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, but back actually in the 8th century, Pope Gregory III... Um, I don't know if Pope Gregory II was any good, but Pope Gregory III... At well, least Pope Gregory II probably didn't like Halloween. Right. Well, anyway, he, he designated November the 1st as a time to honor all saints. And that's all, where... Yeah. All Saints Day, yeah, right? Yeah, and, that, and that's where most people kind of, you know, who have done any research whatsoever, even accidentally, you know, kind of get the, oh, yeah, All Saints Day thing. And, you know, the uh, evening before is known as All Hallows' Eve, or uh, later on, it became Halloween. Yeah, I've heard that term, All Hallows' Eve, you know, because yeah. then you have All Saints' Day the next yeah. day. Uh-huh. It makes total sense. Yeah. It makes total sense. Yeah, and the Celts, um, they actually believed on that night before their New Year, because they had a different type of calendar. They divided it by seasons. Um they had less seasons than us, which to me, I, I'm I'm actually a bit annoyed that we break it down into four seasons because, um, well, especially here in Texas where we have like four seasons in one day sometimes. Yeah, it, it, we do uh, yeah. all day long. I mean, you can wake up, it's wintertime, then yeah. it's summertime, then yeah. it's fall, then all of a sudden it's spring and you say, well, it, you know, that's why you have to have so many clothes packed in your car because right. you can walk out in a winter coat and... Uh, what do you call them? Wellies, you know, in England, the, the, Wellingtons, yes. Wellingtons, yeah, yes. yeah. You know, you can walk out of your house with that, and by the end of the day, you're in shorts and a t-shirt, yeah. and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it starts raining. You don't know what's going on in Texas. 
It, there's an old saying in Texas that if you don't like the weather, wait 15 minutes, yeah, and it'll it's change, absolutely yeah. true. Well, well, that's the thing. I mean, I think the Celts had the right idea, and I mean, in Texas, certainly we can follow that model of it's it's hot and then it's cold. But anyway, their, their uh, thing was they had uh, the end of summer and the beginning of winter, and at that point, that crossover, the end of the harvest, uh, you know, they believed the boundary. Uh, between the worlds of the living and the dead became very, very blurred. And October 31st, they believe that the ghosts of the dead return to Earth. Mm. Now, that's because, you know, when everything dies, you know, and, you know, there's kind of like rebirth, they believe right. that was the point where, you know, that, that blurring of that line, everything sure. is dying and you go through a period of, you know, especially, you know, you have to think that most people were reliant on agriculture at that point in time. Absolutely. For their yeah, living. You, and you had to store stuff of... up for the winter. Right. You know, you had to be the wise harvest mouse and all that stuff. Um, and so that's how they, you know, uh, divided their year. And so they believed at that point there between the death of everything and then you went through this period that this cold period was a time of spirits and death. It makes total sense. But also, you have to think back in the Middle Ages and later on that most people died in the winter of diseases True. and hypothermia and everything else. So yeah, it was I mean, a time traditionally of we, death. We, we didn't have insulated houses. We didn't have heaters. I mean, yeah, you had houses that had you know maybe a fireplace in there. They, they were burning the fire, trying to keep warm, but... It's not like we have today with central heat, gas yeah. heat, things like that. It makes total sense that your deaths actually came in the wintertime because you could run out of food. Yeah. You can't grow any more food. Lots of animals start to hibernate. They, they don't have access to food. They're hiding out. They're they're trying to survive the winter. So the, the wintertime was a harsh time. Yeah. It, it was an absolute harsh time. Yeah. And um, Halloween was celebrated throughout Europe, you know, hundreds of years before, obviously, you know, the foundation of the United States. But right. Halloween being celebrated in the United States got off to a bit of a slow start. Okay. Uh, you know, because, you know, most of the settlers came into the colonial New England area. Right. And they were very Presbyterian and very well, Protestant. Were, were they too distracted by the changing of the colors of the leaves? I mean, we don't see that in Texas. I, I, I was up in New England during the fall or the autumn, whichever one you want to call it. And, of course, being colorblind, you know, I can see the trees are... You know, they, well, for you, starting for to, you, the leaves are either on the tree or off the tree. They yeah, don't change exactly. color. They don't change it, color. Exactly. But it, but there are so many people that go up to New England and they want to drive through and they want to see the the leaves changing colors and how beautiful it is. And I'm like, you know, they're just they're trying to get rid of their leaves. You know, their trees. Leave them alone. Why why are we making a big deal out of this? <laughs> leave, leave them alone. <laughs> Let, uh, I, I, you know, that's yeah, funny. I, I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> Sesame Street joke. Yeah, um, there you go. Yeah, but I mean, it is the same. Well, I mean, it's the same. you don't have to go up north. I mean, it's the same thing in Colorado. I mean, I was there like less than a month ago, and the trees there had started turning and stuff. I think in Texas uh, because we're in the kind of in this little uh, bubble. I guess, in terms of the weather. Right. That, you know, I mean, we do have trees that turn colors, but uh, we, we don't 
appreciate it maybe as much as people who post all these photos on Facebook and Instagram of, oh, what a beautiful fall picture. Whereas here, you know, in Texas, the temperature falls below 70 degrees and it's like, it's like the um, Game of Thrones, you know, winter is coming sure. uh, type scenario. Now, um, with Halloween, obviously, there's a lot of traditions and stuff outside of the background we already explored of where Halloween came from. Right. You know, there are there are certain things which, if you say Halloween, give me four or five things about Halloween, people are always going to mention it. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. And a lot of people, including myself, were quite ignorant from the origins of where these things came from. I just assumed, oh, it's Halloween. I mean, just like with Christmas, you know, you put in balls on the tree and tinsel right. and all this stuff. You know, if you don't know the origins of these things, you yeah, know, you just well, take them for granted. You just do it because of tradition. Yeah, when you're raised a certain way, you just know that there are certain things when this time of the year comes around, you start yeah. doing these things. Your parents did these, and you just follow along with that, yeah. and you blindly follow it. Yeah. You don't really research behind why you're doing it. It's like, oh, okay, well, it's... It's Halloween time. We're going to do this, this, and this. And you just understand that that's what's going to go on. Now, I mean, of total sense. Yeah, I mean, obviously, one of the most popular things for Halloween is the pumpkin, you know, the jack o' lantern. Right. And, you know, there's a high percentage of people who still don't know that the term jack o' lantern is to do with, you know, the pumpkins. Right. So, so how did that come about? Uh, 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 Of course, you. Before we get into that too deep, it, you always see the pumpkin patches pop up, right? You know, uh, I'm guessing there's organizations that get these loads of pumpkins and they sell them and they make money. And of course, everybody wants to run out and buy a pumpkin. They set the pumpkin out there for a little bit and then all of a sudden they start carving the pumpkin. Most people probably don't even know why they're doing it, kind of going back to the same fact of you know, this is what we always do. We carve a pumpkin, but it, there's got to be some kind of backstory to why we're doing this. Yeah, th- there is, but, I mean, before we go there, I have a couple of questions to really regarding pumpkins, right? Okay. Now, we both know, and we've admitted before very early on in some of the podcasts that neither of us can draw or necessarily Correct. have much of an artistic talent in terms of that. You if, have if some, there, mu- if you there have was some a, musical talent... But neither of us can draw or paint can't. or any of that it, stuff. We we have none so of that ability. Are you are you good at carving pumpkins? Zero. No, I'm no. not. I, I can get a knife and kind of cut a rectangle. Not not an exact rectangle, but something which, if you had to guess what shape it is, it'd be a rectangle. Sure, makes um, sense. But it doesn't come out as a very scary pumpkin. No. It, no. Uh, uh, the last few years that we've actually carved pumpkins. I found out the easy way to carve pumpkins now is to get a drill. Sten- yeah, or well, you can get a stencil. Well, you know, now yeah, you put those yeah, kind of plastic yeah, stencils, can, and then you get the tools and you carve yeah, through that. You can you can do that, but but we actually use a drill with wood bits, and then we sit there and use the drill and and try to do that, and it still turns out terrible. Right, it it's still it's ugly now do you eat now do you eat any pumpkin products like pumpkin pie and stuff because i've tried pumpkin pie and it's like whoopi goldberg taking a poop in my mouth i I just i can't stand it i i will eat a slice or two of pumpkin pie on Uh, thanksgiving but that's it 
I, I mean, I I don't look forward to a slice of pumpkin pie. That's not my thing. I am not a pumpkin spice latte person. That I don't get the pumpkin thing no. at, at all. Well, it's that that Starbucks thing of pumpkin spice latte and all this other stuff, which you know the kind of traditional. Yeah. You know, white girls go out. You know, it's sure. pumpkin and, season. And, and, Let's get and everything maybe, pumpkin spice. Maybe when it gets close to Thanksgiving, we'll do a pumpkin spice podcast mm. because that that's so popular. I've always said, you know, I, I've seen the signs from uh, like uh, oil change places. We're like, oh, pumpkin spice oil change because it's such a joke now that everything becomes pumpkin spice. Uh, I don't get it. Not my thing. Are we going to go ahead and do a Thanksgiving special? Because it's 2020 and I'm not sure I'm thankful for anything this year. Uh, yeah. It, uh, that might be a very short yeah. podcast. Yeah. Let's be honest. We'll do like a four minute uh, thing. Uh, four minutes. Uh, uh, that's yeah. kind of bold. I'm thankful I, I we still have the electricity on or something. I yeah, uh, pretty much. I yeah. think that's as far as we could go. Yeah. Well, well, actually, going back to the jack-o'-lanterns, you know, the pumpkins, um, it originated in Ireland, which didn't necessarily surprise me. But they use turnips instead of pumpkins. Now, I don't know if you know much about turnips. Um, as a root vegetable, uh, they're not very flavorable. Have you ever had a turnip? I mean, it's... Uh, I refuse uh, to eat that. Yeah, you know you know my thing it, about... Well, it, vegetables, yeah. yeah, yeah you, I, I'm you, not a fan. Yeah, yeah. Not a fan. Yeah, if your food doesn't hunt, then you don't want to eat it. Exactly. Yeah. Except for the potato, because you did say that you like potatoes uh, with your steak. But maybe potatoes are hunters, and we yeah. just haven't figured that out. Yeah. It could be like dolphins. Yeah. You know, dolphins are smart. Maybe potatoes are smart, and we just don't know that much about potatoes yet. I just very much doubt that. But anyway, turnips... Um, I, I kind of got them confused when I lived in England with Swedes. So there's another root vegetable called a Swede. Never and heard of it. And they taste very, very similar. Maybe it's a European thing. Um, but yeah, just very, very bland. But yeah, anyway, in Ireland, they use turnips instead of pumpkins. I don't even know if they had pumpkins in Ireland, but, you know, they use turnips. And it was based on a legend about a man named Stingy Jap, or Jack. Sorry. Originally, stingy, stingy. Originally, I thought it said hmm. like stingy, as in like you know, he's tight right. with his money and stuff. But no, stingy Jack. I don't know how he got that nickname, but um, he repeatedly trapped the devil multiple times. Oh, uh, good for I, him. I don't, well, I mean, I don't know if it's a weekend job or just like yeah, maybe he was yeah, just bored. Both, you know, in the yeah. bar. Hey, I'm gonna trap the devil. Ladies, come home with me. I don't know. Yeah. But um, and he only let him go on the condition that Jack would never go to hell. Which is a stupid bargain to begin with, because if you're going to trust anybody, the devil's probably not the most reliable person to keep a bargain or a bet with. You know? I, I gotta agree with. If you anybody's going to get out yep. the contract, it's probably him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you gotta admit the devil's probably got some pretty good lawyers. Yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely, probably the best lawyers in the United States. Well, aren't all lawyers <laughs> in hell anyway? I yeah, mean, isn't exactly, there an yeah. old lawyer joke based yeah. off that? So. Yeah, so anyway, so when Jack died, he actually learned that heaven didn't want him either. I don't know if he got an email or like a letter through the mail or something. So like, nope. Oh, uh, poor guy. So yeah. he was condemned to like roam the earth as a ghost for all eternity. Now, mm. when they say eternity... um. You know, like you get people who say, "Oh my goodness, this is taking forever," and it's so so literally like tw forever. Twenty twenty is almost yeah. an eternity. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it, it might have meant like four years. I don't know. You know how people exaggerate. So anyway, he was condemned to wander the earth as a, as a ghost for all eternity, 
And the devil, I guess just as a favor, gave Jack a lump of burning coal okay. in a carved out turnip to light his way. So when they say that Jack roamed the earth, I, I guess it was just at night, not during the day, because I don't know why he needed a, you know, pimped out turnip to kind of light the way during the day. Well, but it's it, island and the weather's crap. And I know crap, you, so. you being an Englishman, you probably have an adverse look at Irishmen. So it, this yeah. is probably a drunk story from an Irish yeah. pub. So that, yeah. that so you got to turn around and yeah. say, well, this kind of makes sense. You yeah. know, typical Irish, right? Yeah, right. So, I mean, uh, eventually the locals around that area where the sledging began, they began carving out faces into their own turnips. Mm. Now, you have to remember... Um, Ireland went through, I can't remember the century, because again, we're not that great. No, sorry, we're too lazy to research too much. But they went through a huge potato famine and like yes. millions of them starved to death. But turnips are obviously edible, right? And I think oh, pretty much the same. That's arguable well, whether or not turnips are edible. Well, they're bland, but I don't, I don't think they're usable because nobody asks for, like, you know, you get baked potatoes or cheese and all this stuff. Nobody asks for a baked turnip and cheese. But anyway, the point is... Oh, like, uh, are we on to something, though? Maybe that's where turnips become edible. If you pour a bunch of sour cream and cheese and everything, maybe you can make it edible. I don't, I don't think we should put all of our efforts at this time when all these stores are closing down into a turnip and cheese and yeah, sour cream Yeah, because I, I can't picture a turnip farmer coming in and saying, Hey, can you please save my turnip farm? Because they shouldn't have went into turnip farming. I don't have. I with. don't have seen a turnip in the United States. Oh, there's turnips. Is there? Where? Yeah. In in Texas. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. Where? Yeah. Uh, don't know where, but I I can guarantee. I remember seeing turnips, thinking I'm not going to eat seeing that. Turnips. But but they they exist. What they like on they a shelf exist. or something? You were like, yeah, oh, that's a turnip. It's, yeah, it's kind of secret. Yeah. Yeah. So be so careful. anyway, they they use their own turnips. Now remember, the Irish weren't necessarily that uh, agriculturally rich in terms of being self-sufficient at the time because they were one famine away from millions of people dying, but. Sure. They still decided to carve out their own turnips to scare off evil spirits. Oh, no, no. Did they feed the carved turnips Guinness? Well, I don't know, because if I was an evil spirit, I would draw the line at eating a turnip anyway. I would too. <laughs> uh, I mean, I totally I totally get that. It, you know, the, the Irish, they, they have a lot going for them there. But yeah, yeah it, you definitely don't want to... A turnip, no. You don't want to hang your hat on the turnips. Well, going uh, back to actually one of our previous podcasts where we were speaking about witches, which obviously yeah. is kind of a little bit linked into Halloween. True. Were the witches and the gingers, and we talked about the stocks, you know, in medieval Europe, in England, etc., that, you know, they would throw rotten vegetables. And, you know, I think, you know, the turnip, you know, if you had a choice between throwing a potato and the turnip, I'd eat the potato, but throw the turnip. I totally yeah. agree. I, I would throw the turnip. Because you're going to throw the stuff I'm, you don't want, uh, aren't you? You know, it, it, if I get to the point where I'm about to starve to death and the devil came I'm to not me throwing the potato. And, and said, you're going to starve to death if you don't eat this turnip, I'd say, let me starve. I, I don't want to eat a turnip. No, I, I'm I'm not doing that. Uh, no, not eating a turnip. This is kind of a remake of the Garden of Eden with the apple, but now we've involved a turnip. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm not a biblical scholar by any means, but 
even God didn't include the turnip in the Bible. Well, that's I don't the even reason. think yeah. God likes the turnip. I mean, well, but it, I put know, it alongside dinosaurs, turnips, dinosaurs. It would have been nice when the asteroid hit and killed the dinosaurs that it would have killed the turnips, but you can't have everything. Well, going back to a couple of podcasts back, it didn't kill off the wasps. I mean, we've got uh, a lot of complaining. We've got fair a lot enough. of complaining to do about that asteroid. I think it only did 20% of the job it was supposed to do. Yeah. It, it's just <laughs> terrible. It, you know, it, why yeah. couldn't it have yeah. taken care of the job? But, it, you know, maybe it was in the contract that, hey, yeah. it, as long as you take care of these things, we're okay. Yeah. In, in the ducks, once again, are saying, eh, we're still here. And, oh, yeah, we're not going to eat those turnips. You know, we, we don't want that. But yeah. we digress. Now, do you dress up much for Halloween? <sighs> you know, I hate dressing up for Halloween. Uh, it's, hard I, to get, I, it's hard to get you to wear pants to come in the office. I mean, <laughs> yeah, well. absolutely. I mean, I, 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 I used to when I was a kid, but I, I struggle with putting on a costume. I, I just... I know some people in, in Jason DeBoard, one of our uh, sponsors with Alien Ale, you know, he, he loves dressing up for Halloween. Oh, we said he can sometimes spend up to $500 yeah, on Yeah, I mean, there there are people that, that just love dressing up for Halloween. I just, I don't like it. I, I can't bring myself to dress up and, and I don't know if it's a, a fact of because Halloween's my birthday and so I'm like you know it's my birthday this is supposed to be my day and I don't like dressing up so I don't want to dress up but you know what I always get forced into dressing up right. and so uh, there are so many people that love dressing up and there's all kinds of costumes that go on, but it, that's not my bag. Right. I, I don't like it. Yeah, and the, and the origin, actually, of wearing the costumes, you know, is, is quite funny because, you know, going back to the Celts, you know, with the ghosts allegedly, you know, kind of wandering around the earth, you know, the Celts decided to get pretty creative to avoid being terrorized by the evil spirits. So to try and fake out the ghosts now... A lot of the time when people think of ghosts and spirits, they think, all right, they've got knowledge because they're watching you all the time and all this. And so they know pretty much everything anyway because these are the kind of ghosts and spirits you get right. to, you know, read your future and all this stuff. And so, hey, I know what I'm going to do to fool these kind of, you know, not omnipotent, but omnipresent type spirits. I'm going to wear a costume so they're going to mistake me for a spirit and they're going to leave me alone. I mean, great plan. I mean, I don't think anything could go wrong with it, to be honest. Yeah, it, it, it makes total sense. I mean, if you look at the Ghostbuster movies and you look at Slimer, he would probably be fooled by that. But uh, beyond anything outside of that, I can't see it. I don't think. I, I, I don't think. I, can't so, I don't see think them Slimer fooled. I don't think Slimer was a ghost. I think he was a. Uh, uh, genetic malfunction from Wuhan in China. Uh, probably so. Yeah. Uh, of course, you know, that was uh, before all that mess, but it does make sense. Yeah. You know, it, what do you call it? Uh, apparition, a uh, product of that, uh, what they call it, ectoplasm. And yeah, ectoplasm, all, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what's all left that over from stuff. the ghost's presence, yeah. I guess. Right. You know, it's residual... Uh, whatever left over from the entity. Now, 
again, one of the great Halloween traditions is the black cat. Now, oh, the you black and, you, cat. You, yeah, the black cat. Oh, here we go with cats. Black cats matter, by the way. Oh, we just want I, to put that out there. Well, because uh, it's Halloween oh, and black yeah. cats matter. Because a lot of people are mean to black cats around Halloween. A lot of people are mean to black cats just on the superstition, but yeah. that's just this subset of cats that you know my feeling on cats. Well, yeah, I mean generally they're wankers, and yes, you know that. Now to say that, I mean I have owned a lot of cats, and you and I had a mutual cat, which we kind of switched yep. between us. Konami the cat, who rest was a in, lovely rest cat. Rest in peace, Konami. She was a lovely cat. She, she was. was loving. She was sweet. I mean, she didn't yep. like other animals, you know, but. I mean, she was a she was a lovely cat, but um, yeah, black cats—they've always had a bad reputation. I mean, going back to the Middle Ages, um, they were considered a symbol of the devil, and so people would, people would pretty much kill them on sight. You know, wow. if you if you had a cat and they, uh, for whatever reason, you know, they were born and they were black, they would instantly stick those in a bag and drown them in the nearest ah, river. Terrible. Um, it didn't help the reputation when a little bit later on, especially. You know, when you get towards, you know, the form, formation of, you know, America that, you know, witches were rumored to have black cats as companions or familiars. And so sure. black cats were always associated with witches. And, you know, a lot of the Halloween uh, symbols are like witches riding with a black cat on the broomstick. Yeah. How uh, do they or, keep the balance? Though? I can understand how the witches keep their balance. How do the cats keep their well, balance? Well, you got to remember the only way to have a perpetual motion device is to tape a piece of bread with butter on the back of a cat because cats always land on their feet and buttered bread always lands on the buttered side. So if you can tape that together, you could have that spinning around constantly and create some kind of electrical current. You, you think that's how the cat's kept on the broomsticks? Yes. Do you, do you think... Doesn't that make sense? Well, no, but... Do you think um, do you think some witches, if they couldn't find a black cat, given they were flying in the air and it was night and mainly only backlit by the moon, that they probably just cut out a silhouette of a black cat and maybe just stuck it on with sellotape or something what, to the broomstick? What if they died the fur On the broomstick and just fell off? No, no, no. They died the fur of the cat. Oh, made it black. Yeah. Yeah, because maybe you got a poor witch, right? And that witch can't find a black cat. And so there's an orange tabby cat walking around and she looks and says, oh, you know what? I could probably dye your fur black yeah, because I'm kind of poor and I'm not doing well in my witching thing. So... I need a black cat, and I can't find a black cat, so now this is how I get my but black how, cat. But yeah, but you have to remember, the cat doesn't know what color it is or what color it's been dyed. So how do you convince it to get on the broomstick? Now, it's easy with black cats, because they're obviously servants of the devil. Sure. So, but how do you get, like, a white tortoiseshell cat or whatever to actually get on the broomstick? I think you trick Lure them it. with salmon. Yeah, yeah you, you trick it. It, it it's very easy to trick it. You just sprinkle a little bit of cat litter, you know, right there on the back of the broom, and then you tease it with tuna fish. Yeah, that's probably correct. Yeah. Now, um, talking about witches, we actually covered witches so thoroughly in an earlier podcast. We did. That I believe, although this has a close to 0% accuracy, that CNN said that our podcast on witches 
was the most accurate and truthful portrayal of witches that's ever been written. I I believe that. It makes total sense to me. Yeah, I exactly. mean, we thoroughly fact check everything. So we did. yeah. So why wouldn't anybody believe what we have to say? Well, apparently on Halloween, um, the original basis of you know witches and them taking advantage of this thin thin veil between the living and the dead, that people believed that witches flew out of their chimneys. Um, the chimneys? The chimneys. Now, have okay. you ever seen a fat witch? Because I don't know how she's going to get out of the chimney, mm. I'll be honest with you. Especially the old kind of like medieval chimneys because they were like well, about the, nine uh, inches square. Yeah, the traditional witches, no. Yeah. Uh, the modern witches, yes. And I think that's where Hollywood has kind of came in and tried to change our view of witches. Yeah. But the old witches, yeah, they were always thin. Do you think, in terms of real estate management, when a witch is buying a house, she kind of went to something like Keller Realtor around here where we live and said, look, I want a house with a chimney which is at least like 42 square inches because I can't fly out of this thing otherwise. Well, that would make sense. I mean, that would be smart. Yeah, I want a house with a chimney. When she goes on that search, that Realtor search, must have a chimney. I don't care if it's two floors. Front yard, backyard, got to have a chimney. Because Halloween, yes. I am screwed if I do not have a chimney. Yeah, and, and they would probably prefer a house without an HOA so they could right. be in the yeah. backyard and yeah. go ahead and have their cauldron and, and stir that right. up and have a nice fire going. And they want their cats running around. I mean, it makes total sense. Well, I mean, they flew out the chimneys on the broomsticks. And again, we already covered that and the witches and the gingers about the broomsticks. But... And apparently they terrorized the countryside with their magical deeds. Mm. And not like card tricks and stuff like find the queen and all this stuff. Yeah. You know, you'd figure... Stuff, people, stuff we would consider fun. Because you'd figured among the peasants they'd actually be quite happy that somebody showed a magic trick. Because, you know, I've watched the David Blaine street magic shows and all that. And it doesn't matter where he goes, whether he goes to poor areas in Brazil or anywhere. People are very happy to see the magic. So I would have figured the sure. countryside people... If the witches were showing them magical deeds, they'd be quite happy unless they kind of turned them into a frog or something. Mm-hmm. Makes total sense. Yeah. Now, on a personal note, do you believe in ghosts? <sighs> I know we asked Jason this and he said he didn't want to be haunted. Yeah. But... You know, I, I don't know. Uh, I think it's safe to not be quite sure about things do i believe in ghosts i i can honestly give you the i don't know answer because i'm not saying they don't exist but i will not say they do exist Uh, i i think there's a possibility there and i've always been that person to say if it's possible i'm not going to just discountenance the possibility and it's weird, I, I, actually. I think yeah. it makes sense. I I think there is a supernatural world. Yeah. But it honestly probably depends on the definition of a ghost. Because uh, ghosts could be a spirit. Ghosts could be something that is has a malintent. 
a ghost could be something that just wandering around because they're lost. They're yeah. they're trapped in between this life and the afterlife. I don't know. I, I, I truly don't know. And because I don't know, I'm not going to say I do or do not believe in a ghost. Yeah. Now, so do you... I know you don't like horror movies. We've discussed this before. I, I do you, don't. Now, it, okay, so so let's clear this up in case anybody's wondering. I do not like the traditional horror movie. Right. But one of my favorite movies of all time is The Exorcist. Yeah. And that is considered a horror movie. I thought that was a documentary. Uh, Exactly, and that <laughs> and that's how I look at yeah. that movie. I I I do not get scared from that movie, but a lot of people say that's one of the scariest horror movies of all time. I don't actually park that in the horror movie category. Yeah, I look at that movie as very interesting. Yeah. So there's certain movies that I probably like that some people say are horror movies that I don't consider horror movies. What I don't like is a movie that is based off of jump cuts and goofy Scare tactics and all that type stuff. That's not my thing. I I don't care for that. I, I want to be able to, you know, either sit in the theater, sit on the couch, watch something... And be entertained. And if you're just gonna flash the screen at me and yeah. and make me jump and and do all that, that's not entertaining. Well, you talk that, about flash the screen. The Exorcist was one of the first movies, actually, while it was still legally allowed to do so, used flash frames in the movie. They did. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. And, and the the thing. The thing with that movie is, yes, they did use that, but it didn't scare me. No, but it it adds this subliminal effect to right. make people uneasy because there was some very kind of uh, placid scenes during the movie. I think it was when the priest, you know, was having memories about his mother, like walking up a staircase, like in New York or something, and it had these flash frames of these kind of demonic faces and what should have been a kind of comforting scene of him having a good memory about his mother suddenly became very uncomfortable because this one-tenth of a second flash frame. Right. And and even getting away from horror movies, I don't know who had to lay down this rule, but used to, you could put in clips in a regular movie yeah. of popcorn or... Well, they stopped it in advertising. Yeah. In like it, well, the 70s, early 70s. Right. It, it. it was popcorn yeah. or a Coke yeah. or whatever. Uh-huh. And you would see this subliminal message of, yeah. oh, I want some popcorn. Oh, I want Coke. And, and nobody could figure out why they wanted it. And it was just this quick flash of a, a big barrel of buttered popcorn yeah. and then all of a sudden you craved that and yeah. you went out there and you bought it uh i remember hearing stories about uh going into the movie theater and they would pump the smell of buttered popcorn right into uh-huh. the through theater. the air filters yeah yeah uh-huh. it just to get yeah. you to buy popcorn and all that and they yeah. finally had to get rid of it so that subliminal thing uh, that doesn't bother me. It, yeah. it was more of the you you're watching a movie and then all of a sudden they jump cut something and there's somebody there 
you know, there's the antagonist of the movie and they're, you know, scaring you and doing all that. That's what I don't care for. Yeah. Just never been my thing. Now, now did you know with The Exorcist, when they started, you know, there, there were a lot of reports at the time, newspaper articles, sensationalism about people leaving the movie theaters, throwing up, scared. Yes. Because, it, I mean, it did set a very different form of horror movie because it was, I mean, it was pretty disturbing. I mean, I remember when I watched it, it was pretty disturbing. But one of the, one of the earliest scenes in the movie... And when they actually did, not, not necessarily a questionnaire, but when they interviewed people about what they thought about the movie, for people who had no kids, that scene where she walks down the stairs and kind of pisses herself and oh, says to the guy, you're going to die of, up there. Yeah, the or whatever. little crab yeah, walk yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. 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 But when, um, when they asked parents, people who had kids, whether right. they were disturbed by the scene of the kid walking down the stairs and pissing themselves, it's like, no, that's just normal. <laughs> yeah they were like no that didn't disturb me at all yeah <laughs> that's it, tuesday it, yeah exactly <laughs> I, I mean i i totally get that it yeah. and i guess that's why even when i watch the exorcist my daughter loves horror movies but she doesn't like the exorcist she says oh it's not yeah, scary it's, and huh. and i say well it's not scary because you like those jump cuts you, right you, yeah you like that feeling of all of a sudden, something like, happens. Females tend to like the scream movies. So they're going to watch. They want an emotional reaction, which is instant, right? Not a build-up necessary one, because you know it's been proven that women don't necessarily like suspenseful, suspenseful movies because it makes them feel kind of not depressed, but you know it makes them feel so uncomfortable that you know they don't enjoy that period. You know, because they're waiting for something to happen, but it never happens. Right. So they try. So they like the ones where perhaps the scare is a little more predictable. So you can see it coming, 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 and then it happens. It gets a reaction, and then you just repeat the thing. It's like being on a roller coaster. They kind of enjoy more of that type of thing. Whereas men, it's harder to make men jump with horror movies. With men, it's easier to disturb them by putting them in an uncomfortable place or in a situation whereby, you know, if you personalize it and put yourself in that situation, you really don't know what you'd do. And that's pr been right. proven. Uh, that's how you make men uncomfortable in movies. You put them in a situation where, crap, I don't know what I'd do now. You know, yeah. I mean, that's, that's really... Well, and, and, and on the flip side of that, I mean, my wife, she will claim that there are certain movies that... I like that she considers scary. I, w I won't say they're horror movies, right. but she considers that they're scary. Yeah. And for example, uh, the movie Signs by M. Night yeah, Shyamalan. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, I don't think that movie is scary right. at all. I think it's a great movie. Yeah. I, I think the script is great. I think the filming is great. I think it's a good movie all the way through. She considers that a horror movie. Right. It scares her. Yeah. Just to think about aliens coming down and that yeah. kind of end scene. And anybody listening to yeah. this has probably already seen the movie, so we're not spoiler doing any of this because that's an old movie, right? But she considers that a horror movie. She will not watch it at night. She will not watch it when the lights are out. It, all the lights have to be on. It has to be daytime. The blinds have to be open. 
it scares her. Yeah. But I think you go back to something like The Exorcist, and the reason why she's scared of signs is the same reason why The Exorcist is one of the greatest horror movies of all time, because it could happen. Right. It yeah. could happen. Uh, and you could argue, you know, I know one of the popular ones right now is that Annabelle. I don't know the name yeah, of the movies that's, or that's, whatever. That's good. Well, I mean, that's actually based on, you know, a no, true it, story. No, I, it is I actually a true know, story. I actually know those two investigators um, and where that story originated from. I mean, it's actually based on a true story. And it is an unsettling movie. But whenever you have something, especially if you bother looking it up, and you see that it is not just based on a true story, as in like we used a first person's name and, you know, the actual state where it happened and then they just let their imagination run wild. Sure. But it is actually a movie which is based very closely on a true story. And those ones, I mean, like you take the Amityville ones, um, yep. you know, which are based on a true story, they are very unsettling because they're pretty true in terms of it's a reproduction from reports of what happened. But having said that, you talk about, Amateurville, you know, haunted house as such. Do you like haunted houses? Do you go to haunted I, houses with your kids? Nope. I hate haunted houses. Uh, part of the reason why I hate haunted houses is the same reason why I hate horror movies because yeah. most haunted houses are all about, you know, uh, what do you call them? The, uh, oh, what's the name of the flashing lights? You know, like a strobe, strobe. light. Yeah. yeah you, mm -hmm. you have a strobe light yeah. and you have people jumping out and you, you're just. You're yeah. trying to walk down a hall, and then next thing you know, somebody jumps out and goes, boo. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, 90% of the reason for haunted houses is for guys to take girls to a haunted house so that at the end of the night, they'll kiss them on the cheek for protecting them, you know. I mean, right. that, that's why you take, you but, know, that's why a guy will take a girl to a haunted house. Sure. I, wants, I, you know. I remember when I was, oh gosh, this was so many years ago, there was a haunted house that... Uh, my dad participated in, and he was the uh, mad scientist. All right. And his friend was a kind of a, not quite the chainsaw massacre guy, but he had a chainsaw. And I remember my dad in that haunted house, and this, by the way, was a middle school. This is for yeah. like fifth and sixth graders. And my dad just had this white coat that had fake blood poured all over it. And yeah. when you walked through, he was holding an egg in his hand that was right. painted like an eyeball. All right. And he would just it. would just <laughs> would just look at the yeah. people walking through and said, Oh, I pulled this eye out of somebody and everybody was scared. Those haunted houses, yeah. I, I'm good with. But, yeah. but just walking through you know, hallways that are taped with black plastic and, yeah. and you can't see anything. And next thing you know, somebody jumps out at you and goes, boo. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, yeah, it, you could do that in your daily life. If yeah. you're walking around in the dark and somebody jumps from behind a bush and yeah. says, boo, that, that doesn't do anything for me. Well, there's a difference between being startled and being scared because being startled, I mean, a little kitten can jump out and make you jump, right? But in terms right. of being scared, there has to be some cognitive thing. 
and well, being in the moment of am I actually scared? I'm seeing something. I'm doing something, and you you actually have some cognitive ability to kind of be am I scared? Like I said, a kitten can make you jump. But to actually be scared more than for two or three seconds, that's a completely different experience. I think you're on to something there because a lot of the horror movies, a lot of the haunted houses is more about startled and not scared. Yeah. yeah. Because I could watch a horror movie tonight and pick one of the modern horror movies. I'm going to be startled all night long. Yeah. I'm going to jump and I'm going to do all that. But you know what? I'm going to go into my bedroom. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to be fine. Yeah. I'm not going to have nightmares. I'm not going to be scared. Right. Now we've went to this startled. Yeah. Let's just get somebody to go, ah, 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 yeah. and have the scream and do that. Let's go through a haunted house and yeah. say, oh, somebody jumped out. Ah, I'm yeah. startled. And I love that point because yeah. it's it should be... A startled house. Yeah. It should be a startled yeah. movie. It shouldn't be scared. It shouldn't be haunted. Yeah. That's it's such a a safety thing that it's so easy to what we should call startled, but now we call scared. Yeah. To scare somebody, but we're really startle them. Yeah. I could come up behind you and just kind of poke you in the back if you're not expecting it. I'm going to startle you. Well, actually, you but I didn't scare you. Well, that, well you're actually, not going yeah. to lose sleep at yeah. night if I do that. Right. Well, I actually don't have any startle reflex, and this is one of the things which anybody who knows me will tell you. I don't jump at stuff. Okay, I can go through any horror movie. I can go through a haunted house. Something can jump out, and I don't have this startle reflex. I just don't jump at anything. I can go through it. Uh, I mean, I don't jump at anything in a movie. I just don't have that type of thing. And I don't know what it is in my brain. You know, like there's people who can't throw up. You know, I can't startle. People can't startle. Now, mm. you know, when you talk about being scared, to me, I have to really have some type of existentialism and review the kind of point. You know, am I scared of not being able to provide for my son or scared of this, right. that, or the other? Yeah, that that might be true, but do I get scared in terms of supernatural things? Absolutely not. I mean, I'm never scared of supernatural yeah. things. I mean, I do believe in ghosts, absolutely. I mean, you go back to biblical times. I mean, even, you know, when Jesus was walking on the water, you know, the disciples in the boat, you know, they were scared because, and it says, because they thought it was a ghost. I mean, where sure. did that come from? Oh, there no. must have been belief in ghosts even before the revelation of, you know, Jesus being the son of God and everything else that they believed there were ghosts. Yeah, and, and that makes total sense. And it kind of goes back to to my thing that I'm, I'm kind of along the same lines of you, but you've been in the movie theater with me when I'm trying to be entertained, I want to be entertained. And if I'm watching a quote-unquote horror movie, if I'm sitting there and most of the time I fall asleep in the movie theater and I get woke up, then I get yeah. upset. Yeah. So I guess maybe that goes back to why I don't care for them because I, I don't get relaxed. I mean, I'm paying money for this. I want to be entertained. And I understand why some people are entertained different ways. 
I mean, it, we have a theme park around here in North Texas, Six Flags Over Texas, and they have Fright Fest, and I remember going to Fright Fest, taking my wife there before we were married, taking my kids there. My daughter went there, and now they've even changed the name because they don't try to scare you anymore. Right. And once again, they don't try to scare you anymore, but even back in those days, it was just trying to jump out and, yeah. and make you mm-hmm. be startled. Yeah. And, uh-huh. and I truly think that that's such a great term because it's all about startling you, yeah. not scaring you. Now, there are actually um, some extreme haunted houses now. I've only read about them in the last three, four months. Certain parts of the country where, you know, they will really go all out to make it a terrifying experience. Now, not in terms of the type of ghostly stuff and making you jump, but more of the kind of sore type of experience. Like, right. you know, they'll come up, you have to sign a disclaimer before you go yeah, in. They, there's they'll come one, up, punch you in the face, kick you in the balls, that type thing. You yeah, know, but, so. but there's one in. I don't know if we researched this or not, but I remember reading an article about one that you have to sign up for. Yeah. You have to have a psychological yeah, exam. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and if you can get through it, you win some money yeah. and all that. Yeah. It's like, you know, if I know that it's all fake, I'd probably do it. But you know what? I, I just don't really I just, care I just, to do it. I just it, don't know if it's any worse than where I grew up, to be honest. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's no worse than trying to watch episode eight of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that yeah. was that was honestly one of the most uh, worst horror that movies was, I've was, ever seen. Yeah. I, I, that, yeah. that one scared me yeah. more than anything. Now, um, you know, obviously here in the United States, we love to commercialize everything. And Halloween is no exception. I mean, every holiday... You know, it has the hallmark effect on it. You sure. know, if we can commercialize something. Yeah. Like even if, if you know, we can figure out a way to make yeah. money on something, we're gonna. Yeah. Do yeah. It. Like you know, you get to the point. You walk down the card aisle, and it's you know, commiserations on your parrot's death or something like that. You know, pay nine dollars sixty nine for the card, and you get a free. Right. You know, like when you open it up, there's a pop out parrot. Makes you know, sense to remind you of your dead parrot. But um, amazingly, in the United States, a quarter of all the candy sold throughout the entire year is actually purchased for Halloween. And it comes to just under $3 billion. That makes total sense. You know, if, yeah. you, if you think about, you know, if you go to a store, even right now in this COVID era that we're in right now, there's still all these bags of candy. And I look at the price of the candy and I'm like, who would buy this much candy in for this price just for Halloween? Yeah. It, it it's so ridiculous. Yeah, wait and, till and, November second. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it kind of goes back to what I was talking about with my boy that is, yeah. you know, born one day after Valentine's Day. I mean, we didn't yeah. do the research on that because this is more on Halloween, but. I'm sure Valentine's Day is kind of one step down below that with candy because yeah. that that's a big deal. Uh, it's it's ridiculous, yeah. and, and of course, uh, you have Halloween branded candy, and you have Valentine's Day candy. It's the same candy; they just change the wrapper. Yeah, and then they all of a sudden try to sell it to you for more, and next thing you know, they're trying to 
almost give it away. Yeah. Uh, they get 50, 75% off. My yeah. wife, my wife is so great with this because after Valentine's Day, after Halloween, she always goes and buys all the cheap right. candy. Yeah. Because it's it it's cheaper oh, yeah. than the the regular well, candy. It's the same thing you, with Christmas decorations. I yeah, mean you go Christmas, there and it's seventy percent off. Yeah. yeah, just stick it in a box yeah. for next year. Yeah, exactly. I can't actually wait for our Valentine's Day podcast because it's gonna be a mixture of bitterness and complete ininformative facts. Well, isn't that all of our podcasts? Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you, did you know now, well, actually, as of last year, I don't know about this year, um, that 20% of people in the United States actually buy costumes now for their pets. For their pets. For their pets. So... Have you ever went on some of these websites or even if you've been in a pet store and you've looked at the picture of the costumes that you buy for your pets, how miserable they look oh, yeah. wearing these clothes. Yeah. And, and by the way, it, not to get off topic, but it's not just the Halloween costumes, but just putting oh, yeah. animals Christmas in clothes. Hats, Santa, it, yeah. it, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I mean we, we've, we've now brought the animals inside. We've said, oh, they can't live outside. That's bad. Now we got to put them in clothes. Right. I, I feel bad for the animals. Well, you I, see, my, 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 do my dog is a vishla, so it already looks like a dumbass. So dressing it up as a goblin is not doing it any favors. Yeah, and, and they don't know. They're like, okay, well... I still have to eat tonight. Right. So if my owner, my pet parent, whatever you want to call it, if they've got to do this to me just to make sure that I have my bowl of water, my bowl of food, my whatever, I guess I'll put up with this. But you can see the disappointment in their face right. that I have yeah. to go through this. Yeah. And especially the cats. And yeah. of course, everybody well, cats knows... cats are going to get revenge. Everybody knows yeah. my feelings on cats, but yeah. I mean, seriously, look on the internet of the cat costumes. Yeah. There is not a happy cat there out is there. There is not any happy yeah. cats. Yeah, you have to kind of put them on Xanax or something to even get the costume on most of them. Cause you get, it's, exactly. like trying, it's like trying to give them a bath. I mean, you're going to get scratched to death. Oh, you're in yeah. some part of the process. Absolutely. Now, if you had to guess, how how much would you think, on average, uh, U.S. households spend on Halloween each year? Oh, man. Uh, it, so, are we talking about per household? Well, uh, I'll give you a clue. Or, or, or just, no, the, like, just, grand total. Yeah, like, yes. I'll give you a clue. It's more than $1, and it's less than the cost of the Green New Deal. Oh, okay. Well, that helps. Yeah. Uh, so, it's between so, one and infinity. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to guess on a given, on a given year, right? On a given year, what we spend on Halloween. Well, uh, not a given year. Like, I don't know, maybe the last five, 10 years. I'm not talking about like 14, 26. Uh, I, I'm going to probably spent $14 on it. Yep. And, and of course, you know, for our listeners, you know how great I am at guessing on these. So I'm going to go with $1 billion. All right. Austin Powers. Um, sorry, Dr. Evil. One million. No. One, no, one oh. million. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. remember, he updates what? it later on to one billion, doesn't he? I think in the second movie. Uh, he goes, one uh, million uh, well, yeah. well, what do we anyway, spend? Uh, it's, well, in a normal year, it's close, well, over the last five years, it's been close to nine billion. 
right? Nine billion dollars. Yeah. On remember two point. Halloween. Remember two point wow. seven billion of that is on candy. Okay. So a third of it, roughly. Yeah. Yeah. So there's the other two thirds. Well, I mean, costumes, I, decorations. Yeah. All that. Yeah. Uh, alcohol. Uh, alcohol. Yeah. To kind of. Yeah. Uh, birthday water. birthday presents yeah, for me. Yeah, birthday gifts to you. That's taking out twelve dollars of the eight or nine billion. Twelve dollars. Now I'm getting ripped off because <laughs> last year it was less than twelve dollars. <laughs> so, but um, actually, in the United States, um, it's like sixty-four percent of the population actually celebrate Halloween. Now, I don't know what that means by celebrate Halloween or acknowledge it, but um, there's actually an average of eighty-six dollars spent per person. But I don't know any year where I've spent... Well, outside of going to haunted houses, I guess. I don't know. You know ah, see, that well, then we have our friend Jason who spends $500 on the costume. That probably yeah. evens it out. Yeah, so so he equals you out. Yeah, but, yeah, he equals but, out but, for five But years. you also did just qualify that. You said outside of haunted houses. Yeah. Or haunted houses. So that counts. Yeah. So that all goes back to spending money on Halloween. Yeah. It, so is Halloween our favorite holiday? Um, It's one of my favorite holidays because I feel you get to celebrate it how you want rather than somebody dictating how you should spend it. I think with, you know, a lot of holidays like with christmas i mean it's so in your face and you know easter it has you know, you know it, very specific let, message it, i like halloween because you can either partake in it or not but still enjoy the holiday the the one good thing that in in this could be a rabbit hole so let's be careful here but the one thing i can say about halloween is Nothing has really changed with Halloween over the years. Right. But Christmas has changed. Yeah. Valentine's Day changed. If you look at Christmas... Are we now still allowed you... to say Christmas? Oh, I think so. Oh, okay. I, I'm pretty sure we still set right. our own rules. But okay. if, if you look at Christmas and now you have Elf on the Shelf... Yeah. Which, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about that... That never was a thing when we were growing up, and right. now you have Elf on the Shelf, and all these things kind of come in yeah. and try to ruin holidays. We haven't really ruined Halloween. I'm looking forward they're, actually they're, to covering Elf on the Shelf because it has yeah. some very insidious origins. Yeah, it it does, but but we haven't we haven't ruined Halloween not, yet. Not yet. It, it, there there hasn't <laughs> been a, a a black cat. We'll on find the a way. Hat. We'll find a way. You know, but there's somebody yeah. out there that's going to write some horrible book and have some deal, and we're eventually going to try to ruin yeah. Halloween. But I think there is enough people out there that says, no, leave Halloween yeah. alone. Leave Halloween yeah. alone. Let this be one of those holidays that we... Honestly, it's not really truly a holiday... Nobody gets off work for Halloween. You know, you usually you go to work and maybe your place of employment lets you dress up a little bit. Maybe they let you, you know, dress a little funny. It, you know, if you have to wear a uniform, now you don't. And you can put a t-shirt on yeah. with a superhero, whatever. We still have that. Yeah. Maybe this is one of the few holidays that we haven't ruined. 
Yeah. And we got to be careful that we don't ruin this holiday. Well, I especially think, yeah. for my birthday. Well, well, I think one of the great costume uh, things of the last few years was the Game of Thrones inspired one of somebody just turning up with no costume whatsoever but wearing a t-shirt saying a man has no costume which if you're a game of thrones fan that makes a lot of sense but my friend went to a party and there were like i don't know maybe like about 80 90 people there and he said like about 15 people had that same t-shirt on (laughs) (laughs) wow you know in closing everybody always says you know what are you dressing up for as halloween and I've always said, a man one year older. Yeah. And I can always get away yeah. with that because my birthday's on yeah. Halloween. I'm dressing up as the ghost of wasted hopes and dreams. Yeah. So, <laughs> thank you for tuning into this episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd. We certainly appreciate all of your support. Yeah, we truly do. And we'll catch you on the next one.